Hey Kyle, I've got a question. What's that, Kenny, my dear? What actually is an otaku? Ah, uh, well, there's there's no way to answer that in 15 seconds. Well, what about a whole episode? Uh, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, okay. that's a yeah. good idea. Right, Let's cool. do that. Let's do it. Yeah. Avalanche! Tatsuo! Kanida! Onita? It's over 9,000! Nani? Kawaii-Fi Radio. Kawaii-Fi Radio. and welcome to another episode of Kawaii-Fi Radio, the podcast where we dive into the world of anime and manga. I'm Kyle, and joining me are my co-hosts Coco and Kenny. How you doing, guys? What's good. Up? Very good, thank you. Very it much. has been a very busy few weeks for us at Kawaii Fi Studios, <laughs> and by that I mean none of us have been doing any Kawaii Fi work with everything you know, else going on. You know what I noticed? <laughs> like we all turn into chickens temporarily when we when you start playing the. You, you mean d- the bobbing d- of the d- heads? D- yeah, <laughs> yeah, we do. This to Coco is chicken nature. Chicken it nature is, is yes. Coco's nature. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is her forte, her study. <laughs> this episode, we are talking about otaku anime, and that's a pretty wide-ranging subject. But yes. before we do get on to that, we need to talk about idols. We do. Mm, mm. Yes, we have encountered two idol mm. animes yes. this season. Now, I know I'm the one who's watched most of this one, so I might as well kick it off. So, 22-7, um, also, oh, what, what, what's the, they dubbed it? It was like the... The day of our future, or something. Yeah, something similar. Is it wrong to pick up idols at a Budokan? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. tw- Twenty-two-seven is actually a uh, anime that's been expressly developed to support a virtual idol group of the same name. So, like gorillas. Yeah, essentially same us. sort of thing. Um, and I went in this not knowing what to expect. I purposely actually put off watching this because, as you know, I have a general disinterest in idol content. I'm not. I haven't went and watched idol masters or anything like that it's not normally something i'm interested in mm. but i've been surprised mm. because the animation has been done by a1 it's very pretty it is very pretty the yes, music indeed. is done by sony who own a1 the movement is beautifully done and the voice acting is really that's really good that's one thing i noticed the voice acting mm. it's not the stock standard pitched i did that really badly <laughs> but it's not the stock standard all of them having the sa- like a very similar voice it isn't. It i isn't. liked how the girl who's been picked for this uh, can i yes you can all right the girl who's been picked for the center um what's her name uh mew yep she has a different sounding voice than what I've it's, heard before. I really um, like it. Yeah. It feels very natural and real. Grounded. Yeah, Grounded it's, it's more like a woman's voice than a girl's yeah. voice, but not quite, not a girl, not yet a woman. I don't know. They, 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 they <laughs> use also really beautiful use of cinematic symbolism. This is something we rarely really? re- rarely see in um, anime. So, like, you know how you watch a film and someone will go through a great trauma and then they might have a shadow which looks similar to the trauma or something that connects uh, the emotions of the character to an event. Yeah, They did this. So she ends up having to sell her treasured keyboard to make ends meet for her family. Her mother's ill, uh, Mew. It's always that way, isn't it? Yeah, so she's the one who's been working a lot to support the help support the family. Um, So when she sells that piano, you can tell she's distraught by it because she's just lost her job and it's what they needed to make ends meet. And 
as she's walking along the riverside, the shadow that is cast by the uh, railway, uh, uh, not railway, uh, the rail guard of, uh, along the side of the sidewalk mm-hmm. actually casts a piano silhouette shadow oh. along the road she's walking. Ooh. It's beautiful use. Oh, that's beautiful so use sad. Very nice. Yeah. Um, it really... Look, so it's quite an evocative... The, they've um, done a lot anime. to really make this beautiful and stand out. Yeah. But by far the weirdest and strangest part of this show is the wall. Dun, dun. Yeah, that I saw a bit of the bit that I saw. Yeah, the I, wall. I don't I, get it. Is it meant to be like Zordon for the <laughs> Power Rangers? Like that, hey. To clarify, uh, this group is sort of assembled from a bunch of just sort of random people. Yeah, they're all given an invitation letter in the mail, and they all turn up to that spot, and then it's revealed to them that they are going to be an idol group, correct? And yes. this is revealed to them by the wall. No, no, oh. no. This is revealed yeah. to them by Gorilla San, which is I'm gonna. What I'm going to dub the the guy who's in charge of them, but he then intru- you know leads them down this you know weird way through a zoo to get to like through a zoo yeah to get to this studio which is like seven story why stories deep underground s- okay underground fair enough but why would you anyway uh, I, <laughs> I have so many questions about this series but at the very bottom the area they're going to hang out in is an a- area which contains the wall and it's sort of like a Roman you know ancient European style room hmm. like almost you know, castle medieval style oh. look. Um, and in it, there's a wall which occasionally prints out commands on steel plates. Um, and That's that, the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, and it's like, and this, this wall, whatever it does, the wall is, you know, whatever the wall says, you must obey. And obviously that upsets a lot of them. They're not keen on it. They question it. They don't okay. go along with it. And What happens if they don't obey? We don't know, but it kind of seems like this entire company is governed a bit like a cult worshipping a vending machine. (laughs) 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 Wow. There's been a lot of money thrown of it. There is also, and this is one of the reasons I generally don't watch... um, uh, idle anime. There's also a bit of that Uncanny Valley CG being used in the opening. Mm. Um, I haven't seen any of the, uh, in the three episodes I've managed to watch so far. Okay. But uh, I'm sounds, hoping they don't use intrig- any of it. intriguing. Is there a cult that worships a vending machine over there? Look. Ooh. There might be. Research. That's a legit question. <laughs> that's a legit question. <laughs> because I think there are a number of um, religious, semi-religious organizations in Japan. Um, now, we, there is another one, though, that does kind of oh, connect yes, a bit more yes, to what we've been talking yes, this week. Yes, this one. Um, <laughs> if my favourite <laughs> pop idol made it to Budokan, I would die. Really? How Kyle, I had no the... idea you felt that way about Neither it. Neither did I. Oh, okay, so this I really love this story, and it's really interesting. We c- so this is another idol anime, but it's mm-hmm. told from the perspective of an idol otaku. Mm. And it's, it's, it's a girl... And um, her name is Eripio. It's so really, funny. Yeah, <laughs> she just dresses in a pink tracksuit because it's the closest colour she could get to her preferred idol's colour. Yeah, mine is mine, salmon pink. Yeah, mine has salmon pink. But and uh, mine is part of like a relatively smaller idol group. Like mm. they don't have yeah. the sort of like the you know, stadium yeah. packing popularity that other ones do. They yeah. just sort of yeah. do little random they're, events and other things. They're called Cham Jam. And there's yes. a group, there's, is it seven of them? Um, I believe Six? So. There's like... A, seven, yeah. Four in the back, seven. three in the front. That's yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. And um, Eripio is obsessed. Like, but, but it's interesting because 
there are like her friends are obsessed with their particular idol mm-hmm. and I I'm obvious I haven't never been to Japan I've never been um into the idol scene as a result and probably mm-hmm. just like never been exposed to it so there's a context here that I completely have missed and is very Fresh. Yeah. I feel so like it's kind of an introduction to this sort of like yeah. weird kind of um fandom and culture though. Well, yeah. well, one thing which made me actually want to watch it was um I saw I think it was someone on Crunchyroll saying that this is the Genshiken for idol ah. anime. If you haven't heard about Genshiken, we'll be talking about it this yes, episode. We we'll will. get to that in a moment. Um there is a set that um what is it called? Tofugu, this awesome yeah. website. Um there was a an interview done with an idol otaku mm. and during the interview um he said something that i've always remembered he said that idols are kind of like a halfway point they're uh, halfway between 2D and 3D. Mm. So that sort of starts to fit to, to set the rules into how you interact with them. The way yeah. that the closest idea I've, I've gotten is that it's sort of like when you play a computer game. There mm. are certain rules and like... It's just sort of like unwritten. It's yeah. a, it seemed like, you know, w- with um, Western idolization of pop stars and so forth, the way it tends to work is that people want to meet them. They want to, you know, yeah. if they see them out in public, they will go and talk to them. It doesn't matter they that they're not enjoying stuff. <laughs> exactly. But for Japan, idol culture, once they're outside of their uniform, once they're off the stage, they're a normal person. And the, the rule of thumb seems to be that you don't approach them. Yeah. If you end up in you know the same location of them, you quietly excuse yourself if you know who they are and go somewhere else Which so that is, that idol yeah. doesn't feel uncomfortable. I need to find out more. I'm mm. very intrigued by idol the, the idol subculture now. Yeah. And this, this one particular is... Um, so Eripio is... A big supporter of Miner. Miner is in the back row. She's she is back a, left. She's the Miner. Because um, <laughs> yeah, uh, you get yes, sort of like an idea of the popularity of each of the members of this group. Because after the show, like the uh, audience members can like pay for a CD, and that gives them a certain amount of time to talk to yeah. their favorite Handshake idol. Handshake time. And um, Miner someone only... there timing it as well. Don't yes. They? Yeah. And Miner only ever gets the one person. Yep. <laughs> yep. And she's but she's dedicated. Very. Very dedicated. Very and dedicated. in the most recent episode, someone new has come in and also wants to support Minor. And Ripio is like, you know what, I'm jealous. But I want to see Minor go to the Budokan. So yeah. this is this works for me. <laughs> One thing I have to say, and we both all three of us sat down and watched episode five together recently. Mm-hmm. What was with the salmon parfait? Oh, uh, yes, no. they go to a uh, maid cafe and they and she gets a parfait, like a delicious ice creamy treat with so, yeah, w- salmon. Oh. The girl, the girl who dresses in green for Cham Jam is there and is like, um, you know, I you better buy something here and buy one of my CDs, otherwise I'll tell Miner you're cheating on her with me. Uh, you know, and so she gets a parfait which mail. has salmon. In it because oh. salmon being the color of minor. Is this here's thing? the here's the thing though. Did they eat it? And if so, that is f- pure and utter filth. Would you, <laughs> Coco? Funny. Coco, would you eat that? Salmon and cream, it like sweet Heck creams no. and jelly and. Heck no. Ugh. No, can you imagine the texture difference? It'd be can disgusting. The or, no, 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 no. no. Now here's I the more important question. Did she eat it? Probably. Eripu, probably. <laughs> she's that obsessed. And she's also a bit poor. So. <laughs> she is. 
But look, we do need to talk about what we are doing this episode. And this mm. week, we're talking about anime centered around the various aspects of otaku culture. So the word otaku roughly translates as obsession. And while we in the West tend to connect it more with anime culture in Japan, in Japan, it's naturally a bit different. It's, a br- um, it's an umbrella term, isn't it? It is. So from anime and manga to idols, cosplay, video games, even computer geeks as well, like people who would be considered like tech heads who can build computers and mm. get excited over hardware. It's sort of like the Japanese equivalent of calling someone a geek or nerd yeah. or for a geek or nerd to use those terms and like yeah. win them back, yeah, make them their it's own. It's got a much broader catchment in good old Nippon, mm-hmm. but it has one core concept that connects all these areas. It's an obsession seen as having a negative impact on social interactions for the person. Oh, that's just... Yeah, yeah. now Mm. that's, you know, not always true. It was often used as a slur and in the same breaths as words like hikikomori or, you know, phrases like neat, uh, not in education, um, education, Uh, employment or training. Mm. Um, But in recent years, the use of this word has become a lot less of an insult and more of a focus on a lifestyle. And hey, if you're you know, gotten this far in, please enjoy what you're listening so far. Consider hitting that subscribe button yes. because, you know, we want to get more people on board and get your opinions as well. Mm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. But look, we'll be talking about all this and more this episode. But before all that, it's time to see what's been happening in the anime news. Making headlines. Really? Awesome. Anime news. Delays and cancellations due to coronavirus fears and huge classic anime are going streaming. This is Kawaii Fire Anime News. The international outbreak of the coronavirus COVID-19 has seen delays and cancellations for animes and events this month. Japan's biggest cosplay event, the Nippon Bashi Street Festa in Osaka, has announced they've cancelled this year's event due to concerns around the virus. Similarly, entertainment production company Bushy Road is cancelling or delaying events until March 19, including projects for Bang Dream, Review Starlight, Future Card Buddy Fight, and a host of others. There's also been delays for two of this season's shows due to the outbreak, with the upcoming seventh episodes of both A Certain Scientific Railgun and Infinite Dendrogram being pushed back due to the virus's impact on some of their aspects of production. Funimation have added several new shows to their streaming service this past fortnight with some massive titles from anime's early years. The original Astro Boy from 1963, along with Kimba the White Lion, Princess Knight, Revolutionary Girl Utena, and Martian successor Negdesco are now available to stream on the service. A first for many of these titles. While Astro Boy, Kimba and Princess Knight will only be available in the English dub version, the other titles will have both dub and subtitled versions available. Sisterly Harem anime, the quintessential quintuplets, will see its second season premiere this October, with a new director and studio at the helm. Bibbery Animation Studio will instead create the second season, replacing season one's Tezka Productions with Endro director Kaori taking the reins for the season. It was announced earlier this month that the manga will be ending by the end of February, with the final chapter expected in the coming week. And this season's hit anime, Keep Your Hands Off Izuken, is getting a live-action film along with a spin-off mini-series. Three members of the idol group, Nogazakas 46, will play the series' three main characters, Midori, Tsubame and Sayaka. The six-part series will air in April, with the film releasing in theatres six weeks later. 
and Netflix will be adding the second season of High School Girl to its international catalogue in April. The nine-episode season aired in October in Japan, with a similar six-month gap between seasons one domestic and international review release. Heading to the bookshelves, and several manga series are taking a one-week break. Both My Hero Academia and Black Clover have taken breaks this past fortnight with no reason given, and volleyball manga Haikyuu has also taken a break due to the author's sudden illness. The Golden Kamoi manga also took a one-week break due to creator Satoru Moda's partner giving birth. Dororo's manga is actually getting a new chapter almost 18 months after the series ended. The upcoming chapter will be released in the March edition of Shogakukan's monthly Shonen Sunday, with a 14-page one-shot featuring the devils playing a prank on Ibusu. And Senryo Girl is coming to an end in the coming month with the final volume of the series releasing this June. In dub news, the second season of Konosuba's English dub is on its way to Crunchyroll this week, and Netflix have announced a dub is in the works for gritty animal series B-Stars. Funimation have also announced they will be streaming an English dub for season two of That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime. And of course, the English dub for Children of the Sea is on its way, with G-Kids announcing an April cinema run for North America. And that's your anime news for the week ending February 23rd, 2019. Ah, uh, this eases my breezy. It eases your breezy. Yes, <laughs> it eases your breezy. Izuken is getting a movie, a live oh, action. It, to be honest, if you've seen the picture of the the girls who are playing the parts, they're Ooh, perfect. Yes. I don't know. I don't reckon. Um, I don't reckon that one is quite tall enough. Needs <laughs> to be very tall and like a rake, like a like a gr- like. I don't. I'm, I, I was going to say gorilla, but I meant gorillas, as in you know their features. Oh yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. similar. The band, yeah. I don't know how there was just some. There's some similarity Something about, about her. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> oh, but Astro Boy, the yes. original Astro Boy. And That'll be Kimber. something to see. And Kimber the White Lion, yeah, you know. i.e. Lion King Zero. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I remember watching rage. like. Yeah. Um, I remember watching a version of Astro Boy after school. Um, Oh, it's got to be like 10 years ago, mm-hmm. 15 even. So it's like to see the original, like the old school black and white one. Oh, that's going to be so weird. That is yeah. going to be good though. It will be as mm-hmm. well. Uh, and the fact that it's English dubbed as well, I find quite interesting because it'll like, we, we had a bit of a phase there during like the 80s and 90s where the dubs, they weren't great, but they also weren't bad. They were acceptable. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then we kind of went through a point in the early 2000s where the dubs got really bad. Oh, yeah. And they've started to go back up a little bit yeah, lately. I think there's a Unless Netflix is involved. I think it's like when dubs first began, it's sort of like new territory. It's like these aren't like just generally cartoons. The stories are quite mm. different. And then when they came to more uh, fruition and more common, people were just like, ah, oh, just throw any old stuff at it. It'll yeah. sound like the old one. Which is an issue that I've long disliked. That the fact that, you know, we can go from having, you know, professional actors who, like, you know... Um, What's his name? Um, Spike Spencer. Well, Spike Spencer's a great example, incredible voice actor. Mm. But, um, you know, you have professional actors like Patrick Stewart and, you know, Liam Neeson and so on doing the dubs for um, anything from Miyazaki. Mm -hmm. And you can tell the difference because they're they're used to knowing how to interact with someone opposite them. You don't Mm. notice the voice of the character. It's like it's all part of the character somehow. Oh, I disagree. I noticed that it was Liam Neeson. I still... Oh, yeah. In in Ponyo, you can. In Ponyo, I'm still expecting him to go, I will find you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) Well, there's an AMBL on that. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, like... 
at least with them though, the the way the character acts and behaves, the way it's been voiced, feels a lot more natural. Whereas we got to the early two thousands, and there were a few ones where it was just like it felt like someone was just talking at you, as opposed to connecting with the character. It was as if they were in a blank room and had no idea what they were voicing. Oh, we might have to do this as an enforced viewing later. We got to find like the worst of the dubs. I have a few. Ooh. Ooh, they're bad. Really? They're bad. Can you give us a hint? No. I can't Aww. think of any off the top of my yeah, head. This, so this, that's going to be an interesting <laughs> one. Um, also, Children of the Sea. Um, yes. For those in the North America listener base who haven't seen it yet, check it out. Um, Wait, is that still not over there yet? Well, they had the Japanese version, but it was a very limited run. Uh, yeah. um, the English dub, when that comes out in April, it's by G Kids. And G Kids, um, if, you, if you're not aware who G Kids are, they are the ones who organized all the original dubs for the Ghibli films. All right. So they get good people in and their dubs of everything I've seen the past decade have been fantastic. Wonderful. They, they really up the ante on the quality. No, um, you're hyping them up. Because they're good. But um, we actually did see Children of Sea a few months ago and mm-hmm. we've got a Qui-Fi extra back in the catalogue if you want to go have a listen to hear go what it's it about. And, Give us uh, views. <laughs> f- find out uh, if it's the film for you because it is, it's great. But it's also... It may not be what you expect. Yeah, not what we expected yeah. going in. And I'm glad for that. It really gave us something different. Yeah. But look, like. we, we should probably move on to talk about otaku anime. We're going to start with Genshiken. The biggest one of the, the biggins. <laughs> let's uh, just roll let's it. Let's just roll Smooth. it. Radio. I think I watched that as a kid. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Back catalogue. Yes, Gen Shiken. Which I absolutely adore. love. Like absolutely it was adore this show. I didn't think I'd love it as much as I do. There but is I something love it. so wonderful about it. And the manga is oh, obviously. Like it, it is just as good. good. This was another one of those like earlier ones that I first caught when I met you guys. Yeah, and th- this is one from that period where the dubs weren't good, where the dub was good. Right, because so. that's kind of what stood out about it. Though. It was like, yeah. it was very surprising among all the others. Yeah, that was one thing mm. I do remember. When you showed it to me, Kyle, mm. you showed it to me in uh, the English dub. I did. And that, that was how I found it the first time as well. Oh. So look, um, Genshiken is based on a manga of the same name created by uh, Kyo Shimoku. It ran from 2002 to 2004 and then had a sequel manga run from 2010 to 2016, um, only keeping one character from the original series. Hmm. Um, season one aired in 2004 with a second part in 2007. Unfortunately, you can't find that online at the moment, at least not in my searches for it. But the second season, 2013, you can find online, which is based on the sequel manga. Mm. So Genshiken is a show that explores many of the facets of otaku culture. It grounds itself strongly in the real world. It looks at people's challenges, the struggles. They visit real-world locations like Akihabara and other cases, events based on real-world events. Yeah, like Comifest, yeah. which is based off Comiket, Japan's biggest and largest anime event and convention they have. We get to see um, underground uh, mm. doujinshi comic dens as well. Yeah. And I love the way that um, it's just drawn so, so well. It is. It's so good. Um, and, it of course, and it's animated just as well. But, yeah. yeah, it's interesting just to see that. The mm. series also references plenty of other well-known anime works that were around at the time, um, either directly through studio, if, you know, the same studio has it, then they'll put it in without needing to worry about copyright, or tweaking the names, of course, to avoid copyright. And there's, like, there's pictures on the walls, which are, like, when they're in Akihabara, like, one which looks like, you know, the melancholy of Harui Suzumiya, mm. which is, like, you know, 
Um, a slight the, hair colour difference and stuff Slight like hair colour difference, different colour shirt, the nostalgia yes. of blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yes. You know, ju- just to kind of, it, it connects, especially if you were watching anime around that time, it really connects you to it because you're like, wow, these are all the things that I watch and yes. learn and knew about. Mm. Um, but let's talk about the synopsis because Genshiken is, um, it's something special. It's something that really shone a light on the culture of otaku culture and the varieties of it in Japan when it came out. Um, it's about a college club for otaku and their lifestyle, and its members pursue that lifestyle. The title is actually a shortening of the club's official name, Gendai Shikaku Bunka Kenkyukai, or the St- Society for the Study of Modern Visual Culture. Gen Shi Ken. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and it focuses on college freshman Kanji Sasahara, who reluctantly joins the club. He ends up going shopping for Dojinshi. Cont- he's attends in conventions. denial, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's, he's very, you know, close-minded about it. And slowly but surely, he makes his way down the road to otaku fandom. Now, I wouldn't say he's completely close-minded because when Not he, like, first... off. Yeah, when he first turns up there, it's like a... He hears the ringtone of one of his mates' phone goes off, and he's also like, "Hey, I know what game that's from." Yeah, and that guy's reading a manga. I saw the anime for that. It's like he sort yeah. of it's like he hasn't had the chance. He's to dipped be his there. toes into it, and then they just sort of grab him by the neck and pull him in. Yeah. <laughs> now, in the show, the club watch and review an anime called Kujibiki Unbalanced. <laughs> oh, this actually in, is an invented anime that they invented in the, for the manga. Um, it ends up becoming a full anime series in 2006 <laughs> produced by the same guy just because there was such demand for it. There was an OVA episode and it just the sales flew off the, through the roof. Yeah, I remember they had like a whole thing about it where they would sit down and review it in kind of similar terms to like what we say about an anime. Yeah. And in another one, um, one of their club members cosplays as a person from it and it mm. just seems to blend in effortlessly with mm. other kind of like established anime characters. It does. It really does. And so the fact that they just turned that into an anime and it just sort of... And it works. It's like, <laughs> wow. Well done, guys. Yeah. But well done. Look, there's a pretty all-star cast for this as far as like different styles of character. Every character represents a different aspect of otaku culture. Oh. Um, you've got Kanji Suzuhara. He loves anime manga, but is intimidated by the seriousness of the university's anime club when he sees them because they seem way too serious and almost militant in the way they look at things. So he reluctantly joins Genshiken after being pressured by the club members and trapped a bit by is the it Corsica who, yeah. who drags him in <laughs> um, Kanji is um, he, he's coming to terms with his otaku nature and much of the beginning of the series focuses on him introdu- being introduced to otaku lifestyle and finally embracing and it and everything that it entails exactly but then you do have Kosika and he's a gamer otaku and he outwardly doesn't fit the stereotype of otaku no he's no. like he's He's cute, let's face it. Yeah, he's good looking, he he's fashionable. Very, he, he's social, he gets yeah. out of the house, very has outgoing. a girlfriend. Yeah. It's a big thing. And much of the storyline, his storyline focuses on his relationship with Saki, a non-otaku, and the struggle they face in communicating because of their un-overlapping interests, if you will. Yes. Now, Saki, she, she initially hates otakus in their lifestyle. She, she has her very firmly held beliefs about what it means to be an otaku. And 
very much dislikes the entire thing, but very much likes uh, Cosa, to the tune Cosa of taking Cosa a Cosa. swing at one of the guys. If yeah. I remember correctly, she's a bit well, violent. She is forced to hang around the Kenji can club room in order yeah. to be with her boyfriend because that's where he always hangs um, out. And I love how she eventually ends up joining. Yeah, she's well, sort of over like the series, her attitude it. and behavior towards them changes. You know, from being initially unable to tolerate them at all. Yeah to actually seeing them as important friends and saving the club on a couple of occasions. Yeah. It's really quite a beautiful change. And she actually, like, is friendly with Madarame. Yeah. Which well, is a big deal. Let, let, like, let's talk about Madarame. Yeah, yeah do so I feel like he needs his own segment. Madarame is the most hardcore otaku in Genshiken. He treats his obsession as to an almost dangerous degree. He spends almost all his money on doujinshi, leaving hardly anything for living expenses. Yep. He's fascinatingly quotable for all the wrong oh, reasons. Yeah. Absolutely. His personal growth becomes a big part of several arcs in the series as he becomes less cowardly about his desires and wants for the real world and more honest with his true feelings about things. Hmm. And it's beautiful to see, but he is still a fantastic character. Oh, he's amazing. Um, like th- there's these conversations about, you know, going, you know, don't you want, you know, most of us want a real girlfriend. And Madarame goes, I don't. I wouldn't be caught well, dead with one. <laughs> yeah, it's a 3D girlfriend? Yeah. No, no yeah, I, I, I prefer I, my comics and mangas. And, and I love this little fun fact. The official Genshiken Data Books Otaku quiz section calls the highest level of otaku Madarame. <laughs> he, he has one fang, wears glasses, has a bowl cut, is very skinny and tall and is completely unashamed of who he is and mm. why he's here. And he's just brilliant. You, you say you say he's unashamed, but it's the 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 Within irony the, the sh- irony of it is that he hides his emotions behind this facade mm. of being unashamedly otaku. The uber otaku. Yeah, you know, going, Oh, I don't care what the world thinks of me because this is me. But he does care. He he does have those mm. fears, those anxieties that all all young people growing up and, mm. you know, being into something which is a niche culture will feel. And this is one of the, like one of the great strengths about this show is not that it's sort of like an introduction to that kind of a culture and mm. the people around around you who might like this sort of thing but the character development for everyone in the yeah. show is just ooh, it's definitely perfect. a great it, you know you don't go into this expecting just a, a club about otakus it's an exploration of otaku culture the challenges those in it face mm. you know the worries they have the concerns they have mm. the it's the th- difficulty of maintaining that lifestyle yeah. as a student and, with no money and there's so many of the characters who you would um it would be not a stretch to stereotype them on first view. Yeah. And this shows their personalities. And it's it's definitely the point of Mm. those roles as well. I mean, we've got a host of other characters, three that are there from the um, sort of the gecko. Tanaka, he's an artist who loves creating costumes for cosplay. He's also a big fan of plastic models like Gundam and so forth. Um, he's got a strong connection with Ono because of his desire to make costumes. Ono, first girl to officially join Genshiken. She's yep. a shy girl who's lived overseas and is a cosplay otaku. Yeah, she loves cosplay. She also has a preference for middle-aged anime men, known as being an Oyaji-kon. Oh, really? So you know how we've heard of cis cons, guys that like their sisters? Yeah, yeah. Oyaji-kon is g- girls who like older men, you know, silver foxes, that yeah. sort of look. Um, and then you've got Kug- uh, Kugayama. He's a stuttering, overweight member who is Genshiken's only pen and paper artist. Until, He's really talented. You know, the, the following year, they get another person yeah. who is. 
Um, he struggles to maintain his motivation and commitment to creating a proper doujinshi. And, you know, like many otaku who wanted to be manga writers during their university and high school days, he ends up, you know, having a storyline where he realises that's that's not what he can do. Mm. And I love how with all these different personalities, we have perhaps in its most extreme form the so-called real world represented yeah. by uh, Kasukabe, mm. Saki. Um, and that those interactions, like even though it seems like nothing's going anywhere, slowly but surely mm. little forays are made into getting to know each other and yeah. then she get, I love the club president by the way who yeah. we hardly see so and the, just the floats club president around is like an old dude who clearly was just doing a PhD yeah. for as long as and possible he has all <laughs> the insider info on everyone yeah. and no one knows where he gets it from well and we, that's we, how say, black... we say no one knows where he gets it from. He just clearly has perfected the art of being a stalker. <laughs> yeah, he's stealthy. And that, and he's the one who blackmails um, Saki into joining the Genshin. Yes. It's kind of not even that he is like stalking. It's simply that he's present and he watches. He wa- he's he the does. eternal he watcher. All things. He's not stalking president. anyone in particular. <laughs> and I mean, once you get to part two, you know, um, some of the people leave because they graduate and mm. new members join who... One of them I just want to punch in the face. <laughs> like, he's the worst type of otaku. And he's purposely put there for that purpose. To show he, that He's there to show that, that, you know, yes, there are also people like this. There are people like that. There are people who have other problems there as well. There are all sorts. But Genshikin is one of those shows that when you start watching it, you start picking up on things, you know, that you relate to or that if you're you know already quite heavily into anime you'll go yeah i understand yeah. that mm-hmm. i can i can appreciate that you know or yeah. i've been in that situation yeah. even like pe- people who collect like um figma figurines for instance or yeah. you know any other type of figurine androids androids as well that they'll, they'll recognize the challenge of you know trying to balance your limited budget as a student but knowing that something is going to sell out the moment it's released you'll never be able to get it again i just faced that this week yeah Did i you? found that there's a uh, merchandise for one of my f- most favorite games of all time, Final Fantasy Seven. I'm uh, sorry, uh, Final Fantasy Nine. I was going to say yeah. Seven's mine, Nine's yours. Yes, um, <laughs> there is merchandise for it, like these gorgeous, almost nendroid-sized uh, figurines, mm. exceptionally detailed. Uh, two to a pack, two hundred bucks each. <laughs> I want them all. <laughs> Maybe afterpay. I must work. <laughs> no, no. Well, um, what's awesome about Genshin is this diverse. Mm. Um, slew of characters. I think it's a really well put together. I find it to be quite like a um, uh, an ensemble. Yeah. C- and you think that it's just going to be uh, Sasahara who we focus yeah. on from the beginning, but it's not. Everyone gets their their time in an episode to show aspects of them. Yeah. And that there's a lot about this show that makes it great. There's you know there's character development. There's interesting dialogue. There's conversations where, you know, we we go, yeah, that's what I talk Mm. about with my mates about anime. Mm. And then there's also, you know, the aspect of going, I relate to these characters. It's very squarely aimed at those who enjoy anime and manga. It's Mm. very aimed at the, you know, the Western and Eastern otaku markets where it's the people who would already appreciate this stuff can Mm. relate heavily to these characters. You could be a cosplayer and you'll appreciate what Ono's going through or a creator and know what Tanaka's going through. Um, Matarame is a prime example of the otaku who doesn't have many friends but finds a place for himself through a club or a social network. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 
it's it's I love it. It's one of it's to be honest, it'd be in my top ten shows of all time. It's that important. Yeah. And the dub's not bad. Which yeah. is like, the dub's good. again highly surprising. One of the more surprising details about yeah. this show when yeah. we first saw it. Mm-hmm. Now, um, interestingly, the uh, writer also did a series called Spotted Flower. He's done a number of he's, other comic he's done series. Spotted Flower, which mm-hmm. reminded me. Of what we're going to talk about next, which yes. is I can't understand what my husband is saying. Wi-Fi radio. It's over already. Quick, put on another. Another. Short form anime. I forgot we had that stick. Yes, yeah, so another. <laughs> another. <laughs> yes. Um, so I'm going to bring it back to Spotted Flower eventually, but I can't understand what my husband is saying. You Originally, can't. well. Well, I, I can't understand what my husband yeah. is saying either. Me neither. Mostly because he doesn't exist. Yeah. Mine neither. It, the question is, you know, husbando or no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. Yeah. Yes. So, so this this exists as a manga first. It was a four panel, four coma manga, manga by a guy called Kulkyo Shinja, who also what a name. did. Uh, Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Oh, yes. Uh, the anime writer is Shinpei Nagai. So okay, now that you've actually said that, I, I, can, I can see, see the resemblance. Oh, yeah, and so. in the, yeah, <laughs> mind blown. Similar art style as well. Yeah. Um. So it is. Um. So it's a short form anime, obviously. Um. About um. And our main protagonists are Kaoru and mm-hmm. Hajime. Uh, Kaoru is, I think, 25. Hajime is 23. Yeah. And they are newly married. Now, Kaoru is the girl. Uh, yeah. Hajime is the boy. Yes. And uh, <laughs> so... It's, it, this it's, is a great show. It gets off to an interesting start. This <sighs> It begins with a flashback to their wedding. Yeah. And it starts right off with Kaoru saying... I wonder how my husband and I were able to get married. And then we and then we actually go into the scene and Hajime is saying, I won't be able to make you happy. <laughs> to which Kaori says, well, I'm in this dress, so I've attained my happiness as a woman for the most part. <laughs> I, I can make myself happy. So do your best for yourself too. And Hajime then asks, what's marriage again? So what you're saying is that this anime starts off with a record skip and, yep, that's me. You're probably wondering <laughs> how I got into this situation. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, to yeah. answer that, we got to go back. <laughs> it kind of does. Um, that's cliche. They, so Hajime is an otaku. Mm-hmm. And he is, but he, he's working full time. Uh, Karu, well, he, he's working as well, a yeah. blogger, and then he ends up working. Full yeah, time. he, yeah, that's true. So he is, um, he is a review blogger, and he reviews um, all sorts of yeah. otaku stuff. Um, in the first episode, they awesome go job. to watch a movie together because yeah. she's like, you know, we've got a day off. Let's go out and do something, and. It's a movie he needs to write on his blog for. Well, well, it was more of a case they got there and he goes, we're seeing this. And she's like, I knew it would be anime. Yes. <laughs> so what we're seeing a lot in I Can't Understand What My Husband Is Saying is that... Is that um, it's a dynamic between an otaku and a non-otaku. Yes. And she is very... It's all very new to her. Mm. So she is constantly trying to understand what's going on for him. He's constantly trying to understand what's going on for her. And I I think for anyone who's been in a relationship with someone who isn't as into something they're into, um, whether that be anime or it could be, you know, sports, it could be Mm. pretty much any aspect of hobbies and social things. 
it, it makes a big difference. Like yeah. um, you, you can really feel that difference in interest and understanding yes. between between yourselves. Mm. Yes, you can. Um, she's got a very straight-laced personality mm. compared to him. Um, so it's just... Yeah. <laughs> so Don't mind me, I'm just breaking this chair on my fat bottom. Freaking <laughs> along. <laughs> but yeah, um I I can't it's it's got some interesting characters that sort of like it's a comedy, first yeah. and foremost. It is funny. Runs about um, three minutes an episode, yes. doesn't it? <laughs> and there's some interesting um characters. Like they their dynamic is played off against, for example, Hajime's brother, who is known <laughs> as the Brosis. Look, this this Th- does this is have some adult I didn't even know thing. existed. Yeah. There is some adult elements to this show. It, so it's rated PG thirteen, but I think it'll probably be more aimed at someone around the fifteen. Yes. Yeah, I'm wondering if sort of levels of maturity vary as far as our countries go. Well, I think it's also Perhaps. the question of being older now. That when you, when you think about it, like when you were thirteen and fifteen, you know, your idea of what you could handle is a lot different as what you perceive when you're double that yeah. age. And South Park. Yeah. Lots of South Park. Lots of South Park at twelve. Like <laughs> interestingly, <laughs> like the stuff that you do handle. Mm-hmm. It's like. You think back and you're like, maybe I should have just, you know, left it, <laughs> left it alone. It was like, you know, kids playing GTA, at, you know, who are 12 years old and it's an R18 game. Yeah. So it's, you know. Or, it's si- or six. Or six. Six-year-olds. Yeah, that's, that's Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. There, there was a case in the UK about that. Parents. Um, no, they're not <coughs> parents. They're friends. Yeah. Um, um, look, I can't anyway. understand what my husband is saying is also chock full of references to other animes that have been out. Which is kind of like a running thing with this brand of anime. Yeah. If they're going into otaku culture, they are going to just constantly make references. Yeah. And th- this one obviously focuses on that anime otaku mm. culture, the manga otaku culture, um, more than anything else. But a- as you mentioned, like there's the there's the the brother. The brosis. It's someone who wishes to. Yeah, you're gonna have to watch yeah. it. Yeah, I'm not gonna describe it. it just watch it. Read it. I think that's the only instance of that kind of character I've ever seen. Yeah. It and is. I think it might be a commentary on the idea of some of the silly things they come up with. Yes. It is essentially a social commentary. It is, and what I like about it is that normally otaku characters are, I mean, are sort of portrayed in a sort of socially inept fashion. Mm. But I find Hajime to be quite socially capable. Yeah. Um, it's just that he chooses not to be. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Kaoru is, um, like, she's fine. But she, yeah. She's just naive to the ways of Otaku. She doesn't yeah. understand. Um, but she does, like, give it the good old college try to well, yeah. make yeah. an attempt to understand. Yeah. yeah, she yeah. does, which is so important, isn't it? Mm. Um, like, yes. And even if she doesn't understand certain things, she sort of, like, tolerates it, accepts that that's his thing and sort of, like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It works past it. Which is kind of goes back to their marriage vows. Yeah. Doesn't it? <laughs> it kind of like, does. I'll make myself again? happy. <laughs> yes. Um, I would also like to mention the outro tune. Oh, it's so catchy. It is adorable. It's the um the two wordy. it's the two main characters singing a song and it's you know initially taking it's then taking a bath together, then washing each other's back, then brushing each other's hair. Yeah, seeing that in the background as the credits was just like, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I, I was like, um, I didn't expect this, but it's just yeah. really sweet and it's like, oh, what was it like? Um 
forget all this. I want you. Yeah. Um. I um. When but I'm so, happy, some reason when I'm with you, I'm I feel ha- happy. Yeah. And he's mm. like somehow when I'm with you, I also feel happy. We don't know why, but we're happy now. Yeah. It's a pleasant enough it's song. It's really cute. It's really sweet and it's really simple. And maybe that's all you you need. It's just to be simple about this stuff. Yeah. I I, I really look. This is one of those ones which just kind of tugs at the heartstrings. And the second season came around and they got rid of it, and I was like, what? No, come back. And then <laughs> it appears in the last episode. I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand why they got rid of it. Maybe it was just a Well, time it's, thing. it's typically what you do with, um, you know, second seasons. You get a new intro, new outro. Ah, yes, and as this doesn't really have an intro, it, no, it just it goes just straight just into just it. I've seen a few animes that did that as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, recently stuff on Netflix, Witcher, for instance, prime example, no opening credits, just the title and that's it. I mm. like that. And, it's, and then they, you know, have the proper outro at the end. Yeah, but that's good. The, I, I can highly recommend watching this. I don't know where you can watch it. It might be on Crunchyroll, I think. It is on Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll? Yeah. Um, but yeah, we caught it when it was airing years ago. Yeah, and, and it's oh, great. It, it just, just try and get the outro out of your head. Yeah, I and, dare you. Um, <laughs> just a quick throwback. Um, yes. If you, can wa- if you can read the comic Spotted Flower... That's mm. kind of intr- it's kind of similar except a little bit more adult. Yeah. And what I and, and it another feels thing- sort of based in the Genshin world, doesn't yes. it? Yes. Yes, it does. And the next anime we're going to talk about, mm. um, there's a point that I'm going to make at the end of it, but there's some that uh, there's something really comforting about watching these series and mm. reading them. Um, but yeah, I'll get to that point at the end. Well, we'll be back in a moment with one of Kenny's favorite shows. Yay. Kawaii-fi. I think I watched that as a kid. Oh yeah, I remember that. Back catalogue. <laughs> Getting our groove on in the studio. Yeah, we often do that. <laughs> right, this is the story of Wotakoi, an epic adventure. It's... It's, it's beautiful. <laughs> I, I had no idea where I was going with that, sorry. You're beautiful, Kenny. All right, so, story time. Narumi Momose, this is an ever-color-coded lady who's just always wearing pink, and she is like one of the most adorable things you'll ever see. Uh, She is running late for work, Mm. conveniently not having a piece of toast in her mouth. Yeah, I was wondering, does she have the toast? No, no, she she doesn't. No toast. Uh, She's going to work at a new office. She's moved here from her last job where people discovered her dark, forbidden secret, and she is determined that in her new job she will keep her dark... Forbidden secrets <laughs> on the wraps. Now, whilst being shown around her new office, she runs into an old friend oh. from like her grade school Are years. Are we going to get this secret yet? Oh, yes, yes, oh, here we'll it comes. Okay. Uh, now, her uh, grade school friend is this, he's a pretty cool guy. He's very mm. conventionally attractive, but quite a quiet kind of guy. Hirotaka Nifuji. Mm-hmm. She invites him out to a drink to sort of reminisce on old times. But then he outs her. He reveals her terrible, terrible, dark, forbidden secret. She is an otaku. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. And not, not just, just any, any otaku. otaku. No. A Fujoshi, a girl who likes yaoi. Yes. Yeah, it's who a, could, like, a woman liking yaoi? Literally oh. means Scandalous. rotten girl. It does. <laughs> Fujoshi. Yeah, so. I found a translation that said uh, rotten girl, spoiled girl, like things spoiled. on the... Spoiled. Well, spoiled for choice. Oh. Oh. Smashing. 
Smashing! But yeah, so... Um, so that's her scene. So yeah, she is an otaku. She's a nerdy, nerdy nerd who likes nerdy, nerdy things. But so is everyone in Earshot. Yep. I mean... So uh, Hirotaka is a gamer otaku. Mm-hmm. He ah. loves games. He's also been in love with Narumi since they were kids. Yes, and um, the senpai that is showing Narumi around... Uh, mm, Nifuji Hirotaka... No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, Koyanagi Hanako. Oh, Thank you. Yes. Koyanagi With the Hanako. Green hair. She's stunning. Uh, she is a cosplayer. Not only that, a crossplayer. She will. Con- she will. A crossplayer. A I cross- love oh, that. That's so good. She she uh, dresses up as the opposite sex, as uh, some of the more popular characters, because she has very, very pretty but very, very defined features, like mm. very, very sharp kind of features. So she's always dressing up as like the uh, cute male character from various animes, mm-hmm. much to the enjoyment of ladies. Um, and sh- the uh, co-worker who was with um, no, Nifuji is Taro Kapanukura. <clears throat> sorry. You're getting those names around the wrong way. I, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Kapanukura Taro. Yeah, he's a more kind Sounds of a yummy. casual gamer kind of guy. He's, um, he's definitely a less intense yeah. otaku, he's, and yeah. but he's he does a, like he, being a hero, like you know, like um, RPG style games and Bishojo, Pretty mm-hmm. Young Girls, not not Lolita. Um, Bishojo is more uh, like um, to being accepted. But Bishojo is kind of more of an idea that originated in like the Edo period, where it was acceptable, where the age of consent was actually thirteen. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, a young, beautiful maiden who falls in love with a character. Hmm. So, yeah, so she uh, like, meets... Um, oh, Senryu Girl's an example of Bishojo. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, she meets sweet. everyone in the office, kind of has like an instant friend group going on. But then that night uh, she goes out uh, with uh, Nifuji. They meet for drinks. They talk about their past. And she talks about uh, leaving her past job bec- and also breaking up with the boyfriend she had because mm. he found out she likes... Yaoi manga. It's just like people leave each other because of that. Ugh. Um, well, I mean, Japanese culture can be very judgmental. And but that's when Nifuji mm. makes a bold proclamation. He will date her. He makes a promise to be there for her, to support her when he can, to always oh. be around, and to help her to farm rare gems on Monster Hunter. Oh, <laughs> isn't that sweet? That is like real. That's a really touching thing to that, say. That's really <laughs> considerate. The next episode, they're at the pub with their Game Boys playing the game. Oh, no, <laughs> they're at the pub playing it in that game, like oh. right after work. Because, like, oh. yeah, you're introduced to her. You have like very little idea that she's like an otaku, except when she's on the train, like looking at an advert for a coming mm. movie going, oh, she's so cute. But then it's like once it's off work hours, you just see the two of them just sitting there in like a Japanese pub ordering like, yeah, ordering beers and like some food whilst playing on their switches. And it's just like, wow, that was a switch. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Pun intended. And this is before the switch was even announced. So Mm. good prediction there. Mm. Um, Also, Watakoi is actually the shortening of the name because it's... uh, Like Genshiken? Yeah, like Genshiken. It is love is hard for an otaku. Yes. Um, But... um. Which I feel like as you go through the anime, you kind of figure that it's like, love is hard for everyone. Yeah. Otaku just kind of have a smaller community to sort of pick from. Yeah. Mm. And I mean, finding some of those common interests, like as we mentioned with, mm. you know, I can't understand what my husband is saying. A prime example of how, you know, not being in that fandom and being with someone who is in it makes it a very 
different relationship because mm. there's always a lot of explaining. There's a lot of misunderstanding. Good communication will be key. And with these guys, because they're all in that sort of subculture and, you know, that they enjoy it in their mm. own way. And it's, it's... It's more of an adult look at how adults remain And with that their is, interests. like, the really great thing about it. This is adults. This is people who are adulting. They are playing their games and watching anime and stuff, but they also still have to pay taxes and do, like, adult things. Mm-hmm. So, you know... <laughs> you mean like the rest of us. Exactly. Mm. But that's the thing. People around our age group will see this and feel kind of refreshed this isn't a high school romance that's the point i was gonna make that like all of these have been adult Mm. and it is really nice to see yeah and it's an informed adult sort of thing it's not like this is my sort of like fantasy of adult life it's got real elements of what actually happens and it's kind of um, all kind of aimed at the sign and um audience the older male audience and uh Mm. Uh, like Genshin definitely felt. Um, I can't remember what the female equivalent was. Genshin felt like it was on the cusp between, like you know, mm. just out of high school, just in college, kind of a deal. Um, but and um, yes, uh, I can't understand what my husband is saying. It's like this is like newlyweds it's life. It's definitely a life it's, of an adult. Yeah, yeah. It is, this one it? is like. Um, uh, that's just the it, thing it's, about it. It's it's kind of hard to place it exactly, but you definitely there's none of the educational classic sort of you know tropes of oh i'm going to be late to school okay she's going to be late to work but um, (laughs) But that's the only time that's the only time and that's literally used as i mean i feel like that's almost like just one of the most generic tropes that everyone uses and i almost feel like that's intentional like it's intentional (laughs) same sort of principle as the wilhelm scream in cinema Uh, (laughs) it's used as an in joke um, and you know, the, once there's you lots know of those the, little things. Once you know that, once you, you know can't it, you know it. it. Yeah, here and just like, aha, it's kind of a meme, I guess you would call it. Yeah. But yeah, uh, your average kind of romance anime manga TV show is more about the journey yeah. to that happily ever after of like the two becoming a couple. It's like, will they? Won't they? Yeah. Oh, they hate each other at the start, oh, but they truly do love each other. It's not like a life. The, the, big, the big question and the focus of the series in those cases is, will they? Or what will they? Or won't they? This is more about you know what happens after happily ever after yeah it's sort of like they are in the relationship they're dating but it's more that they're growing to really accept each other and their feelings and love each other as it goes on to the end point mm. and what i like seeing about this as well as with um i'm going to start with i can't understand what my husband is saying so i just want to oh, do go a for it, yeah. literally quick throwback what i liked seeing about this was how they how kaoru and hajime both reflected on their relationship never because mm. they didn't like being with each other i don't think but because they're so different mm. And in Wotakoi, there's a scene where, like, um, where Koyonagi, Kabakura, Nifuji, and Momozu go out mm-hmm. and they get drunk. But then at one point, Koyonagi um, gets a bit too drunk she and does. confesses <laughs> that she she's worried that she's not Kabakura's real type um, yeah. and worries that he might just be settling for her because nerds usually find it hard to be in a stable relationship with non-nerds. Mm. And that exact I mean, same plot arc happens in this at certain points. No, 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 no I'm saying... Oh, right. Sorry, sorry, sorry oh. I didn't distinguish. But yeah, in, in Wotakoi, yeah, so... Um, the four, the four yep. of them go out for drinks. Yeah. Well, three of them, I should say. And... And after Kabakura sort of takes um, Koyanagi home, um, Momose sort of goes, "Mm, you know, is this true? Are you only settling for me? Because it's harder for you to be in a relationship with Mm. someone who's not an otaku. And Fuji is like, no, (laughs) that's not it. 
<laughs> Which is, is nice to see. Yeah, it's nice. It's really nice. They're, they're, they're open with each other. They're communicating. That's I what mean, we want to see. Geez, communication, the biggest problem for so many relationships. And it's nice to see people approaching it in an adult mm. content. Mm. We want to see more good examples of this take Good place. relationships, and not yeah. abusive relationships yes. where the guy ends up with a girl who abuses her because that's what the fans want. Yes, mm. and I want to see more adult stuff. I mean, yeah. high schools are all fun and all that. But and I want to see adult stuff. It's so good. The high school stuff definitely gels with a certain crowd, but, you yeah. know. But, I mean, like, you know, you have a look at some of the ones that we've really appreciated over the past few years and straight away, like, Megalobox jumps to mind. Yes. Not just because of the style, but because it wasn't, set in a school and you know sure we do get isekais and all that but most of the isekais are because they're school age so it's the same yeah. sort of tropes when you start getting these signing and um you know other types of uh, more mature content mm. like not mature necessarily in like the adult level of the content in there as in you know x-rated or anything like that but a more adult approach to storytelling you get some really amazing stories i suspect our uh, age group brings us to a certain bias on that oh uh, yeah you hit 30 <laughs> and you kind of go oh i like this now <laughs> yeah it's like it's like you're 29 and thinking yay i love i love uh, shonen animes i love the explosions and then you hit 30 and you're just like i want to go count Camping. Oh, <laughs> yes. I, I was actually having a discussion with a friend who recently turned 30 and she was saying, you know, I, I actually feel younger at 30 than I did at 26. And I felt that as well. What's her coffee brand? Um, <laughs> precision, the coffee that precisely wakes you up. That's no. interesting because yeah. I can relate to that as well. Like not mm. with 30, but with about 32. I'm yeah. just like, oh, I feel like I'm, you know. I feel younger, more yeah. life, yeah. But um, look. now you know something about Coco. Yes. <laughs> now we know. She is the older woman of the group. <laughs> My God! Wait, she's the only woman of the group. <laughs> so we do need to wrap it up there. But Wotakoi, um, I think you can get that on Funimation. I'm pretty sure you can get that on Amazon Prime. Ah, <laughs> another we one. We like Amazon. I recently Prime. joined you guys and got that. Yes. <laughs> As did I. I got it for The Expanse, and I'm, I'm I'm glad because it's cheaper than Netflix, and it has so many additional benefits, such bunch as bunch of good Kindle. animes on there as yeah, well. Yeah, surprisingly, mm. um, not many dubbed though, but which is uh, apparently always an issue with Amazon because they don't do the dubbing, but then home releases do happen with the dubs. Oh well. Um, anyway, let's move on because uh, we're almost out of time. Kawaii Fire Radio. Yes, that's where we need to leave things for this episode. And thank you so much for joining us. Mm -hmm. Next episode, it's another studio in focus. And it's all about one of the big names in beautiful, pretty animation, A1 Pictures. And if you haven't heard of them, I don't know. Have you heard of Sword Art Online, Gate, Erased, Blendus? Saikano, um, Fairy Tale. Yeah, oh, Blend Guest is amazing. Mm. Yes, uh, this is a studio with like oh, some just smash hits, and its industry connections have made it a mainstay in the anime world. Plus, there's another Kawaii Fire Extra on the way as well, with Rigel Wave about to land in our local mm -hmm. cinemas. Yeah. If you've enjoyed the show, make sure to like and subscribe to get our latest episodes straight to your device. And don't forget to head over to our Instagram and Facebook pages for breaking anime news and videos. You've been listening to Kawaii Fire Radio. We'll be back in two weeks' time with another episode. Thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, watch some anime! anime.